Hey there, this is Widow, and this podcast is for adults only. Hello, and welcome to another Massacast. Right off the bat, I want to thank a, uh, the person who donated this past month. Uh, you know who you are. Thank you very much. You really helped defray the costs uh, of putting this thing together. And, um, and if you want to donate, go ahead and go to Massacast.com. Click on the Donate button and put whatever amount you can. $5, $1, uh, $50, whatever. It's, it's all very helpful and very much appreciated. This week, I'm going to be talking to a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, someone who's awesome-tastic, who's funkalicious, who's one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. It's my friend V, and um, I think you'll really enjoy this, because I, I, I know I had a lot of fun uh, recording it with her. Here's V. I, and this is the thing that kind of surprises me, and this is always a... Um, a stereotypical question to ask, but at the same time, I think it's one of the questions that most people like to hear the answer to more than anything. Mm-hmm. And you and I have known each other for two years now. Yeah, about year that. Half, two years, maybe more. And maybe more. but, how did you get into kink? How did you? How did you realize? Oh wow, oh. I'm into some pretty crazy shit. Yeah, it's kind of a nutty story. Actually, this is really funny. I was actually at a meditation camp when I realized that I had a relationship with pain. I was doing like a ten day silent sit, um, which. They you have you meditating from like four thirty in the morning to like nine at night, completely silent. And one of the parts of this meditation is you have to do this thing called like an auditon, which is like you sit for an hour and you can't move. I being like kind of the way I am, decided to sit in the same position the entire ten days. So by the the tenth tenth day, you know, this is like without cushions on this like stone floor on my knees. So by the 10th day, we were doing an aditan and like, you know, it's painful to sit in meditation sometimes. That's part of the thing. You have, like you have to deal with pain. I think the UN, by the way, has considered this torture. <laughs> I think they've outlawed this procedure that you were doing I know, freely. like those monks can set themselves on fire now. Like, <laughs> well, anyway, so I was in at some point and I would use the pain to keep me awake, you know, because you get tired or just to focus. And there was at this one point I was sitting there and I felt like my my knees were going to catch on fire. It hurt so bad. Um, and I just remember, like, having a moment and being like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. I think I have a thing with pain, you know? <clears throat> so what happened after that is, I guess, if you rewind, I, I kind of knew I was kinky, just like, I didn't know how it like six years ago, I'd been at a bar randomly, and um, I was picked up by this mistress one night. And this is before I knew anything about kink. I was in a bar with a friend, and uh, we were, you know, hanging out. And this woman was over at the bar, and she's wearing this like empire red dress. And there's just something about her. She was like wearing heels, and she had these nails, and she's just really sexy. And like, she made her way over to us, and like, somehow I just felt something like. I can't remember if you like touched me on the back of the head. I don't. I don't really remember what happened, but we ended up having a conversation, um, and I ended up saying like, "Well, can I take you home in a cab, or like, can I get you a ride home?" And she's like, and she, as she left the bar, the bartender was saying, uh, "Did you have a good night?" She's like, "Yeah, I, I picked up," you know, talking about me, and. Um, she asked me the cab. She's like, did that make you uncomfortable? I was like, no, not really. She's like, why, why don't you meet me tomorrow um, in Chinatown? I want to do some shopping, and you can help me carry my bags. 
So I meet her in Chinatown and um, spent the day as like her kind of pseudo slave. I guess I was carrying her bags around and she told me about her like boy. This is the first introduction I'd ever had to DS, you know, just her kind of talking about it. So that was like kind of in my head and like, you know, that happened and like for five, and then I had a girlfriend and you know, I was very, fairly vanilla, but I remember that and I think the pain and that kind of idea came together that like one summer. So, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, what happened? So you, you, you carry her back for you and then nothing came of that? Between well, she wanted, she, she lived in Chicago. She wanted to actually um, hook up again, but I kind of got a little freaked out. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, who is this woman? It was more her, actually, I think, than maybe I wasn't ready for it at that mm-hmm. point. I was only like 22. There are so many times where you'll be telling a story very nonchalantly. You know, we'll be just talking about experience of you. You'll be talking, and you'll be saying it very kind of nonchalantly. And I'll think to myself, this sounds like a story in penthouse like dear penthouse never thought your stories were true but this woman came out to me she started talking and she, you know, <laughs> there's so many times you'll tell me stories uh, about your experiences and it just sounds so I'm like who the fuck does this happen to I'm like this happens to my friend V that's who it happens to this is crazy um, yeah it's interesting and it seems like you just seem to happen to I don't want to say stumble into these situations but they find these situations seem to find you these really hot and so this is why I always try to emulate you sometimes. I'll just like, there must be something she's doing. I'll just like act like you if I can. Um, okay, so you had a girlfriend then and... Well, then like time period passed and then, you know, I was talking about the first time I realized I might be a masochist was at this meditation thing after I felt like I burned off my fucking knees. <clears throat> after that, I started having these dreams. Um, I had been reading, okay, this is kind of embarrassing, but I've been reading this like fantasy novel called Cushel's Dart. It's all about, um, quote-unquote, this, like, anguissette. Basically a masochist prostitute. And she has this relationship with this woman. And I was like, this is so hot. And I started having these dreams um, about this woman coming and hurting me. And, like, I finally just had this one dream where this woman was, like, literally in this room. I was in this room in my apartment. And there's all these people around. And she took a straight razor her and cut off my fucking face. <laughs> This was a dream, we should say. It, it was, was a dream. Yes. It was a dream, but I was—I enjoyed it, A, and B, I was incredibly turned on. And I had a, a couple more dreams that, like, you know, where I actually had orgasms in the dream. Wow. So I decided at this point, you know, I knew at some point that I needed to explore this thing. I just didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So I decided that at that point I was like, okay, I need to check this out but I don't want to do this in the context of a regular relationship because then people's emotion gets in the way and it gets like all like messy and like you know I like you you like me I was like I'm gonna find a professional you know I know people I've been in the sex industry before I know people in the sex industry I kind of knew I kind of a I kind of had a general feel for maybe what I wanted I wanted to find someone to I kind of take me into kink and who, but someone who actually want to be there, you know, because there's a lot of people working in the sex industry who are just doing it for the money, which mm-hmm. is totally cool and everything, but someone who is really into it. Really into it. And um, so I didn't really know how to go about this. Um, so I started looking on the net, which is usually not my tactic. So I started, I was looking through, I think it was an like, arrow scene, and I clicked like three ones down, there was like Mistress Yin. 
Mm-hmm. And actually, after I clicked it and I read like the first paragraph, I was like, this is it. You know, I just kind of felt it. Um, but I went through, I was like, no, you must be thorough. So I read like a hundred more ads. <laughs> and the whole time you were comparing it to hers, right? Yeah, pretty much. I just, I, I mean, I think it was just something in the way she wrote what she wrote. And um, it kind of spoke to me. And so then I started reading her live journal. And I think this was like the month of August at that time. And I just remember like this whole month just like staying up really late and just like reading her live journal and being kind of repulsed but completely compelled at the same time and like freaking out a little bit just being like oh my god I'm fucking tripping out like what the fuck is going on I felt like I'd been pulled into this like black hole it's really hot this black hole of sexiness yeah but what I really actually liked about her stuff too was that she was really vulnerable in it and in my search I I kind of decided with myself, it's like, you know, you're putting yourself in a really vulnerable position as a bottom. Like, not that I knew that, what a bottom was, but I didn't want to go to anyone who wasn't able to, like, put themselves on the line. And her, in her writing, I think she really does. So at the end of August, maybe early September, against the advice of my therapist at the time, who was really concerned about this decision-making process. Because you t- <laughs> well, I think the reason why he, was, he or she was concerned was that you said, I want to find someone to cut off my face. Yeah, they were, yeah. <laughs> and they said, that's usually... Okay, so maybe let's talk about this. What makes you feel like... <laughs> yeah. Well, why did, they, why did they say? I mean, I think I know the answer, but... Actually... My therapist at the time, is, who is no longer my therapist, um, had some pretty strong views and I think kind of crossed the boundary a little bit. She was really, um, she was really against me going to see a professional. She's like, you don't know this person, they could shoot you in the head. Like, all of these things. And, you know, I thought about it and I was like, you know, she's right. I mean, complete stranger. But there's also, then there was also like kind of like, well... You know, if there's a pro-dom going around shooting people or, like, freaking people, I mean, there are... And there's also, like, your judgment of the person when you meet them. I don't know. I was just like... And I'm a martial artist. I don't think anyone's going to kick my ass anyway. I was like, <laughs> I'll bring my gun. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't have a gun. Just kidding. Um, so, anyway... Not I, a licensed one, anyway. Yeah, not yeah. a licensed one. So, I, I finally wrote her... And um, I was totally nervous. I had no idea what to write, you know? Like, I think I followed some guide on, like, how to write a dominant woman. Oh, my God. I, just, I still have those emails. I'm kind of completely... <laughs> do, you have, I, do, you not, do you think you have the emails? I don't though? have the original ones. I okay. die for them because they were so funny. Did you say <laughs> something like, Dear Mistress, or... I think I did say, like, Dear Mistress Yen, and, like... Um, I don't think it's crazy, but, yeah. Yeah, it was, I think it was cute, and she wrote back, and she's like... You know, I was like, I'm a 26-year-old female, I'm interested in blah, blah, blah. And she wrote back, and she was very responsive. But then I had the talk with my therapist, so then I freaked out and decided that I need to, like, ask all these other questions. Mm-hmm. But instead of being straightforward and asking, like, normal questions, I think I, like, wrote this whole thing about sexuality and, like, accusing her of not being queer. It was, like, really... What? It was a, I didn't really accuse her of anything. It was just a really funny, weird email. It was like, are you really queer? Like, what's your... Se-? It was, like, all about her sexual orientation, and I basically wigged out, you know? You you wanted to... There, there's a freak... Freak out factor. Out. You I didn't want out. to. You didn't want to f- feel like she was just doing it for the money. First of all, you wanted to be make sure that the other person was interested. I think that's valid, but yeah, you, you just overcorrected. I think I overcorrected, and um, then I freaked out again and wrote another apologetic email. By this time, you know, like 
Uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. So she's getting email whiplash. Yeah, she was just like, she was like, who is this girl? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I think it was like a month later when we scheduled our first, our first um, actual appointment together. And what happened is the night before, of course, I also called because I again freaked out because my friend had sent me this list of things she's like well did she give you a list and of course have you ever seen like the bdsm like yeah like fisting like gangbang like piercing like hung upside down like there's like a list that was like 200 things long oh yeah they have lists that are that are so long and they have things on there that i've never even heard of before you know cactus shearing like what the hell is that oh that's when you shove a cactus up your ass and then light it on fire what that's a thing i didn't know that was a thing you know? Turns out there's everything, you know? Volvo enemies. <laughs> what? It's when you drive a Volvo in your ass. And I looked at this thing, and I kind of freaked out, and I called her. And again, she was super calm and professional, and she's like, well, we're going to talk before we play. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, actually, what happened the day of our appointment is that she had to cancel because she had a, a medical emergency. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was actually, she actually... It was actually comforting. I mean, it was a kind of a weird context to say, but she was in like this kind of crisis mode, and she still managed to call me and like kind of let me know that everything was going, you know, okay. And um, I think we met in the following month, and we, yeah, that was we had our first scene. Like I remember walking. I was so nervous. I remember getting there like the whole day before, and I was like, "What the." fuck am I doing? I don't know this person. I'm going to, like, who knows what's going to happen to me? Did you call someone and say, okay, I'm going to be at this address. If someone... I actually, I thought about it, but I wasn't actually, after talking to her on the phone, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm cool here. This is not a, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. But I was even nervous about how to like everything, how to, you know, buzz the buzzer, how to address her, like all the etiquette things were just making me completely nervous mm. like, and wasn't sure like... Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's totally understandable. That still freaks me out to this day. You yeah. know, if, you're, if you're meeting someone, especially if they're dominant, and you don't know, like, if you don't want to offend, and also you want to impress, and you, I mean, so there's all these different emotions you're going through, and especially since you've never experienced it before, you're just going based on hearsay and maybe stuff that you've read on the internet and so maybe the secretary the know. secretary yeah. <laughs> so you, you're like oh my god am I going to have to type things incorrectly in order to get this person to play with me yeah you're trying to figure out I, I didn't know whether for example if she wanted to be called Mr. Stan all the time when mm-hmm. I called her on the phone whether it was like a huge indiscretion to be, you know not to call her by her formal title all mm-hmm. the time on the phone and all of these just like little tiny tiny things that, mm-hmm. you know, I worked out over the, the period of time. But I actually, you know, I went in for a session, and, like, I had no idea. Like, she told me to... God, I don't think I've talked about this session in a really long time. But I went, um, and we sat, and we talked, you know, we sat, and we talked first. And she's like, what do you want? And, of course, I sat there, and I was like, well, I want to be broken, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could do that, thanks. <laughs> and she's, you know, I talked, I think, a lot about being broken, and, um... And I think she said something to the effect, well, it sounds like you want to surrender to yourself. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I think I had all these. I mean, I was reading that weird fantasy novel, remember? <laughs> the face-cutting-off one. Yeah, the face-cutting-off one. Where 
I think, yeah, I think I wanted to be put at that point where I just had no control um, to be completely... I don't know if the words I would have found then were dominated, but just to not be in control, because I'm a control freak. And uh, I also, I mean, one of the reasons I also went to a professional was part of the allure for me was somebody who's experienced and somebody who knew what they were doing and also someone who could deal with me. Like, because honestly, I think one of my... I have a hard time believing someone can top me, honestly. So I knew if if I felt or, like, kind of... Um, sense kind of I don't, I don't want to say weakness or to put hesitation or just like un, that kind of thing it, I would never be able to do it at that point you know maybe now it's different um, because I am like a more experienced bottom I'm realizing where those fears are coming from but at that point I just wanted to know that she was going to be able to handle it you know like handle me in that situation you know I, mean, I know that sounds incredibly egotistical thing to say but <laughs> it's true you're a very strong person you have you know you have uh more black belts than macy's i don't know <laughs> is that a saying and i just made that up you've got a lot of i mean you you you're really experienced in martial arts and you're you're a very strong person and so it, it's understandable why you would want someone who is stronger than you or at least yeah. more experienced and can handle right. it and she just obvious. She is. I think you definitely one of the things she gives off is a complete kind of expertise vibe. Like mm-hmm. you don't really worry that for some reason. You know. I mean, it is her skill level. Mm-hmm. But even before, I think even sitting down with her, I was like, mm, she looks like she knows what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, About everything. Yeah. She kind of gives off that air. Mm-hmm. So that's comforting. I mean, it's definitely comforting for a first-time experience where you, somebody might, you know, tie you up and beat you, you know, that they're, they're not going to miss and take off your head. <laughs> yeah. Except in a good Except way. Except sometimes, you know. Yeah. We all do that sometimes. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and we love it. This is the switch side of you. Kind of going, yeah. So, you, you know, do you remember, I mean, we don't have to talk about this at all, but um, do you remember what happened that first session? I have a little, like, very strong visuals. Um... My first thing, she took me and led me to um, what is called the pit, which is like a little black room um, inside of her studio. Um, her studio is very... It also resonated me a lot because it really reminded me of like... It has a very like martial arts feel to it. I don't even know how to explain it. It's very minis- minimalist. Mm-hmm. It's very. It looks very Japanese. There's. It's very... Um, Clean. Like clean lines, yeah, clean. Does clean it look lines. like a dungeon, like no. you would think in a? No, it's not pro- the typical image of a dungeon. Yeah. and it's there's lots of space. Um, so she led me to this little black room called the pit, um, which is completely black with just one little light. And she told me to take off my clothes to and be kneeling when she came. Um, so I stripped down to my shorts because I didn't really know. Like, does that mean like all of my clothes? Yeah, you, well, I know. Listen, I've done the same thing. You, I know, you're you like, like uh, am I gonna be would offended? Would I like totally offend someone if I'm completely naked? You know, I didn't really. No, I've, I've done. It. Listen, I still do it. If someone says, "Take off your clothes," right. I, I don't want to go too far and just and then come back and go, "Whoa, you're naked! Holy shit!" You know, which is a good point as a top mentally. Be like, if you want your bottom to be naked, ask them to be naked. Yes. <laughs> but you know also sometimes you don't want them stripped down to whatever you feel comfortable with because you don't know mm-hmm. that bottom yet and maybe they have certain 
issues mm-hmm. or, you know, who knows, or certain things that they feel private about that they don't want to show. Um, so anyway, I'm sitting there in my shorts and she, like, kneeling with my face against the floor. And um, one of the very strong impressions is that I believe she's playing classical piano music. And I'm just, like, in this black room and you can when you're in the pit you can hear her kind of getting ready and there's she's like there's walking up and down because she has to go above and there's like heels like clicking on the thing and like um just sounds of like chains and like things moving and there's like this music going on and you're just in this crazy headspace like holy shit what's about to happen to me (laughs) you know like you're incredibly excited but at the same time I, i was totally like what Fuck. <laughs> uh, you know. So then she comes in and she and she puts a collar on me. Like and that's the first time I'd ever had a collar on. And I was insanely like turned on and scared and just like, holy shit, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um and then she told me to crawl along the floor and listen to the sound of her voice she's like follow the sound of my voice so I'm like crawling across this floor um trying to follow her voice <clears throat> and that's something that always stuck with me that was just like that original that like first 10 minutes is kind of one of those things that's just kind of like tattooed in me mm-hmm. you know that that whole idea that whole surrender right there for me I mean I've never crawled across the floor for anyone <laughs> and like the first 10 minutes to just be like it was pretty it was pretty it was a pretty intense experience um and I believe I remember she put rope on me that first time um she also flogged me I remember being kind of wondering I was I felt at first like I wasn't a good flog subject because I wasn't sure if I enjoyed I, I couldn't even really comprehend the pain at that point I was just like, ow, like, fuck, am I supposed to like this? I'm kind of turned on. She's hot. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> like, you know, like, you're, you're trying to, you know, like, I want to be a good, ow, fuck, you know? <laughs> Try to be tough, but at the same time, totally not. <clears throat> well, this is when I realized, well, that I really was a masochist, mm-hmm. you know? Because the flogging, I wasn't really sure if I liked it, for sure. And the tying, I was like, whatever. You know, like, I kind of comprehended what was going on, but not really. Um, at the end, of, near the end, she tied me to the bondage table. And she tied me down, and I couldn't lift up my neck. I remember I couldn't really see what she was doing. Um, and I hear the, like, rustling of, like, like, like a plastic or something. And then she started, like, kind of, like, washing down my nipples like iodine. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, and then she leans over and pierced my nipple. <laughs> Which is probably something you didn't even know was a thing at the time. No, I had no idea that was a fucking thing. It hurt so bad, but I liked it so much. That was like the selling point. Yeah, so I was like, oh. And then she started doing nipple torture on me and I I like went over the moon. It was so amazing. I was just totally into it. 
and yeah, it's pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> when did you realize that you wanted to hurt someone else too? Um, I think within that first session. Really? Because I was like, you know, when somebody hurts me, some of my switch inclination is to imagine immediately how I'm going to hurt them. <laughs> like, to get back, you know, it's just like, wait till I have my turn. <laughs> you're, you're, you're very revengeful. I am. Yeah. I am. I seek revenge. I plot. And how often, how, after that first time, when did you first experience doing the same to someone else? God, it, it was a long time, I think, um, before I started um, really addressing my sadism. I think, if anything, it was I really needed to go through the journey as a masochist first and be a bottom before I could even begin to kind of embrace my sadism because it was such a... I just really needed to know what it was like. I needed to have the, my own personal experience. And plus, I was just a lot more afraid of being a sadist than I was of being a masochist in a way. You know? I mean, I don't think that I would have... Um, <clears throat> I definitely think there was fear as a bottom. I don't think, you know, I still, you know, I wouldn't... There obviously has to be, like, fairly strong, established trust. Um, but, yeah, I think, God, when was the first time I played with someone? It was maybe even almost, like, a year. Um, and it was such a strange situation, um, because the woman that I actually first was sadistic with was like this woman that I met completely out of a kink context. It was like at a woman's circle. I thought it was like a normal date. And then she ended up like, our first date was like, I thought it was going to be one of those <laughs> burning man party kind of mm -hmm. like, we're all doing tantra and like making out. And I was like, okay, I'm fine. Whatever. Let's do it. It was called like the beaver quest, something like ridiculous. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. It was like Beaverdom or something was the name of the email. I've rented that movie. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty special, but I actually get to the party and the woman who opens the door is like a top hat completely naked and like peer past her. And it was also in the financial district in this like really big, like hotel it was like it was a very strange these huge windows i look past her and i see these people and i was like i think this is a fucking play party <laughs> so you're at this party and i just look at this woman and i go because <laughs> everyone was like kind of in various straits, states of undress and i look at her and i go i'm top <laughs> <laughs> and she took off her and i took off my top and then she's like i'm bottom and she took off her bottoms and that's <laughs> I think she's wearing a little drummer boy outfit or something. It was pretty That's hot. That's too funny. Yeah, and at that party, she knew someone else. And um, <laughs> we actually ended up being in a scene, like this other woman was kind of directing it, and I ended up doing, like, breath play on her, like, without really... You know, just, like, through kissing and kind of choking mm -hmm. her, but... Um, and all of a sudden, in the middle of the scene, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I didn't give a receipt for it. I was like, grabbed your face and was like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> it was really funny, actually. It was cute. It's, it was this time, cute. Um, but yeah, so it must have been her. Um, God, I, I don't want to like, it must have just been her. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, that was the first, that was the first, that, so that was almost like maybe a year after I'd met Yen. Because Yin had been real, Yin was really good about like kind of bringing me into the kink community and like kind of, um, you know, if she had a dinner, she would invite me over and mm -hmm. she introduced me to people. So I was beginning, 
to like explore this and like by the end of that first year I w- had started to go to a, like I remember going to my first submit party mm-hmm. um, showing up there submit so party is uh, an all women's <clears throat> party uh, where magical things happen I always imagine I imagine it's like <laughs> it's like an all another world but just so for those people listening who don't know submit party is an all women's is, is it a play party or is it a I mean, what is it exactly? Yeah, it's a play party. It's definitely a play party. Okay. And I, I think I went to one of them and I was doing, I was tying people up by that time. So maybe I'd, I don't think I ever actually done pain exchange, but I could totally, am I totally lying? I can't even remember. No, I think it really was that woman was mm-hmm. the first one. Uh, and since then you've topped a lot of people and you've submitted, you've had your shared of uh, experience bottoming as well. Are you always up? This is a question I've, I, I, I've, I've always wanted to ask a switch, and I, I guess I've never been smart enough to, or I never had a microphone in front of me to ask. <laughs> Are you always up for bottoming and always up for topping, or it does depend on your mood? Sometimes you you really want to get beaten, and or sometimes you really want to beat someone. Um, yeah, you know what? I think that. I think that the kinky switch is always on. I'm pretty much always up for anything, but there are definitely times where the top will over the top definitely will override. Like if I want to top in that situation, I want to top like now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna if I'm in a situation with. Um, it's also you know it, it's interesting because like I only I still only bottom to yin mm-hmm. so. Um, what usually will happen for me, though, that's interesting is, like, if I bottom, I'll always want to kind of... I think that if I'm bottoming, I'm always ready to top afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I'm topping, I don't necessarily want to be on the bottom afterwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you... It's, like, kind of like, if you beat me, then I'm probably going to want to beat you afterwards. I'll always be up for beating you <laughs> afterwards, should I say. <laughs> you know, I'm not... I'm not 100%... For my switch side, I just haven't really, at this point, um, explored. I mean, I've definitely, I've been really exploring my sadistic top side for the last. When I go out to parties, when I look for play partners, um, I tend to be more shy as a bottom, so I haven't really. And I, ha- I also sometimes I'm just less, like I think I present less as a bottom. What do you mean you present less? Um, I think that I usually come off as a top, like as I go to a party and it's kind of like the vibe that I give, you know, so I don't get approached that much by dominant women or it's, well, that's not true. Like the last time I was, I was at this party and I said, this boot black, like lick my boots. And she tried to like do something where she's being top and like grabbed her head and like shoved it down. It's like, what the fuck are you, you know, like in my mind, I was like, what the fuck is she doing? You're like, <laughs> she's like, not every like boot black is a bottom. I was like, what? Well, you are in this situation. <laughs> like I was so shocked. And then I had to like really run it through my mind. Like you're not going to be top in every situation. Not everyone, you know, you can't assume that. Every That's situation. really hot. That's a hot story. <laughs> assume that in every situation. Um, but I know I, all this stuff is you know as you know it's like it depends on the person. Yes. Like it really, my vibe is like you know who you like, and then you kind of work the top bottom thing from that angle. You know, first I feel like you, and uh, this is something I don't get to ask too many people. But when you have you noticed the difference 
a difference between playing with men and women? What is is your style differently, or have you noticed they as submissives are different to play with? Well, here obvious? we get into that very, the very murky water of generalizations where one could get in trouble. So I'm going to preface that with like, if I make a generalization about gender, <laughs> yes, understandable, but <laughs> forgive me. Um, I yeah, I do I do notice a difference between men and women, but I mean it all all is really being informed about my. It's being informed by, you know, who I am, you know, being queer. Um, I was surprised that I really found it enjoyable to play with men because I wasn't sure if that was going to be something that happened. But actually, when I first started coming as a sadist, it was really, um, and as you know, I primarily played with men. And it was it was good for me because, you know, negotiating that, like, kind of emotional, romantic space with women was, like, a little bit too much to compute at the same time mm-hmm. while I was learning my sadism. You know, it's just like, uh, you know. Um, and I found out quickly that I got, you know, I like hurting across the board. You know? <laughs> this it's not one love. There's plenty of hurting for everyone. Um, generally, in the trends of the, the men that I've played with, um, I have... You know, I don't want to make... This is going to... People are going to get cranky about this. But I, I noticed with some of the men that I played with, actually one of the things that I appreciated um, the most was that the men that I've played with have always been very, very... Um, very, very willing and not so much a willingness, but very polite and very mannered and very, like, um, grateful there's like a very there's a like a, a really strong expression of gratitude i'm not really sure um, and i'm not to say that the women that i've played with have not had the expression of gratitude but with the men it was definitely it was very apparent they're very um grateful that you know that we were embarking on this together and i really enjoyed that i also you know i do have that thing which is part of the i do have that stere- like that thing in my mind, I think we all do, that women are supposed to be weaker than men, and therefore to hit a woman is worse, or something like that, Mm -hmm. or that you're gonna, um, I felt like in the beginning that I could definitely be rougher with the boys, you know, I mean, I think, I still feel that as a martial artist, and then there is, like, several female black belts who have kicked my ass on repeated occasion, when I go into a fight, being like, oh, it's a girl, like, maybe I should, like, lighten up, and they, like, kick me three times in the face before you can blink, and you're like, oh, she almost broke my fingers. Uh And you really realize that, you know, if anything, women are usually more hardcore in the fighting situations. Um, But you still have this block, or not block? Yeah, I definitely have that block, you know, so I felt like it could be a little bit rougher with the guys. Um, And you know, a lot of my, a lot of that kind of, like, BS has been, like, pushed away. Because, I mean, I definitely haven't noticed, like, a difference between the amount a woman or a man can take pain. Like, Mm -hmm. it depends on the person. There are some women who can, like, hang upside down by their thumbs, I think, that, like, kind of make me stumble in awe, (laughs) you know? But it helped, it really helped me, um, because psychologically it was such a big thing for me to make that jump from um to like as a sadist um to really embrace the fact that i really you know like to hurt women was you know <laughs> well is it also i mean here I, i'm just I, I don't again i i don't know the answer i'm just throwing shit out there uh-huh. 
I'm first when it comes to the gratitude thing. Do you think it's because guys are like, oh God, thank you so much. It's so rare that I get someone to play with, and maybe women have more options to play, or is it? Do you think just maybe that's just a vibe you give off? Because you, I mean, it is a maybe it's just a vibe you give off, and that's just something how they're responding to it. Um, because I have to say, as someone who's played with you, knowing that you don't sleep with members of the opposite sex, but you are willing to play, it does feel it feels maybe extra special or something mm-hmm. like that, and it also maybe feels um, uh, I don't know. I think maybe because there there is that it's an opportunity to play with someone who there won't be any sex with, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's this also so that, that without having the sexual thing, do you find that, that there's uh, it kind of opens up this other area, this little tiny area that wouldn't be there normally. Yeah, actually, I do. Um, I think more than all the rest that I've just said about because those about the gender difference. I think that there is an area that I've definitely explored through playing with men that is really interesting because I mean I have a like a rope buddy, a rope bottom that I play with that you know he's a man and he's. Um, you know, he must be like 20, 30 years older than me. Um, and we have a great rope playing relationship that's um, really, I mean, I never would have imagined if you had tapped me on the shoulder and been like, you know, you're going to be playing with like all of these different people, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that way, mm-hmm. you know, I think that was possible, but um, there's a way I'm will- I can explore with him and I can explore with you in a way that I, I can't quite explore with a woman because there's always in that potential like there's that potential attractive kind of because you still want you still want to fuck them too yeah. so it's like maybe, maybe there's a part of you that's like I, okay I can't completely destroy her because I still want her to be okay to have sex <laughs> exactly you heard it from the <laughs> from the source <laughs> and you know I think that also actually something that's interesting is that I found that I'm not a completely I get turned on by fucking men too which was interesting to find. It was an explore. It was something that I wasn't really expecting to kind of. <laughs> Apparently, that like one. I like to strap it on and fuck everyone, just like I try oh. to like to hurt everyone. Yeah. That's. Wow, that's awesome. Is, is that new news for you? Can I not share that with you? No, you haven't. Well, I, I think you mentioned having done it before. I like fucking men up the ass. But yeah, it was. That was one of those things where, like, oh wow, you know, well, that's awesome. Because maybe now, I do you think? I'm not really sure how to go about like exploring that. It's not something that I like have written down. But it's in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's it's in my mind as a way that I've ex- like expanded my view of my own sexuality. Um, I think that play does that. I mean, I think that we can like slide across, you know, quite a few things. And I've, I, yeah, I was surprised that it turned me on to like tie some guy down and fuck him. You know, like who knew? But <laughs> thank you again to V. And uh, actually, she's got a lot more to say. And so uh, you'll be hearing more from her uh, from her in the future. If you'd like to leave a voicemail for the podcast, which nobody did. Uh, for a while. No one has done that for a while yet, so maybe I'll just take it down. But uh, we'll tell you what, what, one more month. We'll give you one more month to leave a voicemail, and if no one uses it, we'll, you know, screw it. We'll take it off. 917-720-7304 if you have any comments, questions, insults, or anything else. Again, 917-720-7304. And uh, make sure you let me know if you can, uh, if it's okay to put your voice on the podcast. Mastercast.gmail.com. And we'll uh, talk to you in another couple weeks. Bye-bye.